road again Going places that I've never been Seeing things that I may never see again I can't wait to get on the road again Welcome to the Back to the Drive. It's day two. It's in the books, people. And it was a pretty impressive day. Again, I spent most of this day on the expo floor. I haven't made it through the entire floor yet, and I've spent a good portion of two days there. Um, I have half a day tomorrow to finish it up. The, the challenge is, is issued. I saw some more great things today, some things that I can use, some things I can't, some things I need to ponder. But it's just, it's just, it was, it was fascinating. Uh, we also had an interesting situation where a fire developed across the street in the the river uh, shopping mall area. So that that was interesting for a little while, as it was several um, emergency crews showed up, and and we were asked to the people in the mall and the hotel attached were asked to evacuate and all that kind of stuff. I I haven't heard that anybody was injured, and I and it's my understanding that everything turned out okay. But it was crazy at lunchtime when sometimes that traffic is busiest. This morning, uh, wandering around through the expo, trying to do it in an organized fashion, we came across my friend and I uh, came across Gale, which is a Cengage company, and basically what it does is it it's like a it's like a Google for teachers in the classroom, but a little bit different than Google. What you could do is you could you could look into Gale, you can log in and go through their database to find material that can support you in the classroom. So you could drill down by state standard or common core standard or whatever standard that you kind of go by. And they could have lessons that fit that at almost any grade level. So um, think Wonderopolis. You know, the Wonderopolis website has uh, really neat things that they explain and have a video and they have vocabulary and they have some follow-up questions. So uh, the Gale website was was like that, but on steroids. And you could search it by key keyword and different things like that. And it would give you a lot of supplemental materials that you could utilize in your lessons. So this isn't necessarily something that replaces the teacher but it's something that can complement what the teacher is doing in the classroom. So I thought that was uh, really, really interesting. Uh, it was a pay service, but it didn't sound like the price point was too horrible. I thought it was really interesting. So uh, definitely something to check out. And I feel like teachers, they said teachers did have some access in there to look at things before they decided if it was something they absolutely had to have. I'll put a link in the show notes uh, and on the blog post that goes with this podcast. So you definitely want to check that out at a variety of grade levels. It was very, very interesting. Um, anyway, I thought that was really fun. There was also uh, a, a company there, I believe it was from China, and they had this hologram hardware and software. So you, you ran an app on an iPod or an iPad, and you could manipulate what you're looking at at the iPad, and it showed a hologram in this pyramid-shaped device that was next to it that the iPad was connected to. It was... The most amazing thing it was so neat it was so neat and so my friend Ann Beck was was manipulating the iPad and we were looking at this um, crab and she was twisting it and pinching it on the iPad and it was changing its shape and, and twisting around in this hologram think think of the help me Obi-Wan Kenobi you're my only hope part of Star Wars and that's what it was like it was really cool and I put a video to what we saw in a video to help me Obi-Wan Kenobi on the blog post for you to check out. I did go by and visit the Little Bits booth. I think Little Bits are really great. They uh, basically teach you some some beginning programming along with some beginning um, 
electrical rules and in that you need a power source, you need an action, and you need an output. And you can put these things together to do just a, a ton of different things. And, and, and you can string together seven or eight bits. You can make fans. You can make lights. Uh, they had a guitar rigged up. It was, it was really, really cool. And one of their taglines is invent anything. And they, they truly believe that and mean that. But what I liked about this was uh, the way that kids can use that. So the, the little bits have an order in which they have to be put together. You have to have power. You have to have an action. You have to have an output. You have to do all of these things. And so think of it along the lines of how you teach a specific lesson or a specific topic or a specific, uh, like if you're teaching uh, vocabulary or if you're teaching grammar to younger students and you're trying to get them to get, you know, like noun, verb then you could use the little bits in that way that help the students structure the grammar correctly. If I'm doing this with uh, in mathematics, I could talk about, you know, you have to add and then subtract so I can have my kids structure the little bits in that way. And, and it gives them a tangible, feely, outputty sort of thing. So anything that you have to do in your class where it's like first step one, then step two, then step three, the little bits are very similar in that because they've got to go together uh, in a specific way in order for you, to, in order for them to work effectively. Uh, I, I, was, I was able to win a swivel several years ago through a contest, and I thought it was a really, really amazing thing. And, and since I've stepped out of the classroom, swivel has updated itself and gone through a few changes, but it's a really, really amazing product. And basically what you can do is you can take an iPad or an iPhone, you set it in the swivel base, and you wear a Bluetooth wireless microphone around you, and it's got a tracker in it. So your swivel then, with your iPad in it, as you move, will twist and turn and follow you around the room. And with the Bluetooth microphone, it picks up your voice and captures it and puts it onto your, uh, onto your device. All you need is the Swivel app. And so while we were talking with the Swivel people today, we got the opportunity to meet the founder, the creator of Swivel, of Swivel and we took a picture with him. So that's a little bit of an edgy crush moment because the, the Swivel app is just really neat. Well, what's, what they have done now is created a, a, not necessarily a sister site, but a site kind of under the, the umbrella with a different name and different purpose called Recap. And it's very similar to Flipgrid. So here's these two websites. They do similar yet different things. Flipgrid, what you can do is you can take a video lesson and you can post it into Flipgrid. And then students can post responses and then you can post a response to your students and it's kind of all there together. The whole class can see it. And what Swivel has done, they've created a website called Recap. And the way I understand it to work, and I haven't checked it out yet, but this is on the list of things to do. What Recap does is it the teacher records the video, the students can re record video responses, and then the teacher then can respond specifically to a particular student. So if a student is having trouble with a particular issue or something's not quite right, the teacher can respond to that student instead of just respond to everybody and go, oh, hey, Tommy, this is what you got wrong. They can actually respond back to Tommy uh, and, and help him get things corrected. So I thought it was fascinating being able to meet him and, and talk with him about recap. So that was really fun. I was blown away by a website called uh, Binumi. Binumi. I put again. I put a link in my blog, which is attached to this to this podcast notes. And what you can do is you can tell a digital story, and it gives you the content and the editing tools and a way to publish it in any way that you see fit. So if you want to publish it within a very closed space, it's only viewable for your students. That's where it goes. If you want to publish it in a way that can be viewed by the whole world, that's where it goes. But the content is in there, thousands of videos to choose from, and you can choose by a variety of different ways. You can choose by keyword, you can choose by color, um, 
just all, all kinds of different things that you can do. And then once you kind of get your content narrate uh, found, you can put it together so that it actually moves like a movie moves, like a camera movie moves. So the people that helped develop this were people that were filmmakers. And so there's a purpose to how all these different clips work together. And it was just really fascinating just in a matter of moments that the way that a, a video could come together that students could then narrate and edit and fine tune and tweak and make it just like what they need. There was music in there and all kinds of stuff as well. It was a fascinating, fascinating thing to look at. And so I encourage you to, to give it a test drive. Now, one of the things that was interesting, we were talking with uh, the guy who was uh, kind of giving us a, a demonstration, a really quick demonstration of how this works. It was really interesting. He said in some of the classes that they've used, this, and this is, um, I think, in Asia and Australia, he said the students needed absolutely zero direction on how to get started and use this while the teachers required some professional development. And I thought that was really interesting. Uh, sometimes as teachers, we really want to know all the nooks and crannies of a particular thing before we dive into it. Um, and yet our, our kids can be fearless and they, and they just go charging in with no holds barred. And so I think that's something to keep in mind here um, as teachers. That's one of the things that I'm walking through this expo and I'm walking through ISTE and I'm list listening with teachers and I'm talking with people. There's, there's no way I can wrap my head around every single thing that I saw today, or even this binumi, if I were to get it, I could spend hours and hours and hours checking it out and div diving in deeper into it. But what good is that if I if I don't use it or get it to the kids? I could I could just spin my wheels forever and ever and ever. I think that I've decided for me personally, and it's worked for me, is I just need to know enough to get started and to turn it over to the students. Here's how you get started. And the students are brilliant. They have no fear on some of these things. They dive right in. And then I just ask the kids, how did you do that? And now they're teaching me and we're all getting better. So keep that in mind too while you're exploring educational technology. Um, I So I got to edu-crush and swivel and meet the, the founder. I got to also edu-crush with Camtasia people, the TechSmith folks. TechSmith is my favorite, favorite company. They make two pieces of software that by far and away are the two pieces that I have to have at all times. Um, it's the Snagit and it's the Camtasia. And these are not apps for the iPad. These are programs for the computer. They make them both for Mac and for Windows machines. They're how I survive doing what I do. Are there things that may be a little bit easier? Yes. There are apps on the iPad that I can use a simple touch here and there and, and record things. but. With Snagit and Camtasia, I can do every single thing that I need to do no matter where I am or how I'm set up as long as I have these two pieces of software. And so I was able to talk with them for a little bit and spend some time there just asking them questions. And it was it was fabulous, a super informative part of my day. And one of the things that they've done is they've added in Snagit the opportunity or the ability to create a GIF, you know, one of those little moving, short moving videos that you can send as a picture and they had demonstrated, they, they showed us that you could use Snagit, you can make a gift to show some very simple instructions like move the mouse and click here and, and choose a specific item, like move the mouse, click here, choose save. And you have like a little five second gift, you can save it and then you can put it right over into Google Notes and it'll keep its loop going. Or you can put it right over to Google Draw and it'll keep its loop going. Um, I think he said that it worked also on Microsoft 365 as long as you're on the browser version and not the downloaded uh, version. So 
I thought that was super interesting, and that's definitely uh, a track I'll be looking at with what I want to do with my faculty because it will help them as I try and, and, and share with them how to do different things. I thought it was fascinating. And, and then I, I also um, was, was wandering around and I came across a company called Kite Learning. They do professional development for teachers. I didn't really talk to them outside of the fact that I complimented on them on their tagline, which read, professional development has been the same since 4000 BC. And I just had the biggest chuckle about out of that. Um, it has been the same. How often do we as teachers sit and get, and then how often do we as teachers whine and moan and complain about that type of professional development? And I know that going to a conference is not much different because you're sitting in a session you're getting or you're wandering through an expo floor and just talking with people and just getting. But it's time that we take back our own professional development. There's Twitter, there's YouTube, there's uh, all kinds of social media, Facebook groups, you name it. There are ways to get that professional development that we need, that we crave, that we want, that can help us in our classroom. So we just have to take advantage of those opportunities and we just need to think differently. Go to ed camps, participate in Twitter chats, uh, be active in Facebook groups that uh, on curriculum and specific topics. You have to take advantage of those things to pour into yourself. I have been doing a lot of reading on professional development here recently and it takes about 40 hours over six month type period on a single topic just on Chromebooks or, or just on iPads to even start to have a change. But what happens is after that 40 hours is up, there is significant difference in the learning of the students on all those big standardized exams that were driven by. So. Put that in, in the back of your mind as you're going through professional development. You need 40 hours or something. Some different odds and ends that I came across today. I got to meet with the guys from Haiku Deck. I've got an account with them. Um, they've changed up some of their terms of service a little bit. It used to be free. It isn't anymore. I don't think it's very expensive. I need to go back and reinvestigate. But I was blown away because with Haiku Deck, it's a great presentation tool. I've used it in the past, but there's only four guys in this company, and that really surprised me because sometimes with these companies, there's just tons of guys and hundreds of people behind the scenes that you never see, and there were four guys at Haiku Deck, and they were handing out bad presentation bingo cards, which was hilarious. So, uh, you know, the, the whole dare to do drugs um, or uh, to uh, the dare campaign from the 80s and 90s about getting drugs off the streets and away from our kids. They, they had a, their own dare ca campaign and it was dare to keep your friends off PowerPoint. It was hilarious. Um, there's a, a lot of people running around with these capes that have big capital letter LL on them. And they're the legends of learning folks. And they've got my attention. They've had these capes, they're, they're everywhere. People running around, teachers doing crazy, crazy things, making noise, drawing attention. So I've arched an eyebrow a time or two and I've had a quiet, polite chuckle, but I'm intrigued. So I need to dig more into their website and look at what all they've got, but it looks like they're gamifying learning. I don't know what's in there yet. Um, but they do have my attention. I also passed by the Nearpod uh, booth. It was really, really busy. I've got a Nearpod account. I have not used it much. I need to dust that guy off and also reinvestigate Nearpod. Um, I think Nearpod uh, can be really, really, really beneficial in bring your own device schools um, or in Chrome, Chromebook schools um, because of the way that the Nearpod system is set up. Maybe not so much bring your own device, but for sure on, on Chromebook. Uh, as well as iPad, uh, because what you can do is you, you just create a class folder and your kids join that particular class and then you can help them guide through, guide your students through slides uh, so that every student can see what's going on 
it's really, really, really cool. Uh, check it out. If you haven't ever seen a, a Nearpod, go to, I've got a link in the show notes. Also, there's a Pear Deck account. Pear Deck was there, and I've got a Pear Deck account. I need to also check it out. Um, I think they've had some pricing structure changes as well, so I'm not sure what all is free anymore on there. But but all you need to participate in Pear Deck is a web-connected device. So think of how you participate in a Kahoot where you go to a specific website and put in a, a code. Pear Deck is similar, but Pear, Pear Deck is not a gaming quiz, although it could be. Uh, but it is an interactive lesson website, so that was really fascinating. I need to get back in there and look at that. Um, and then lastly, I, I ended the day today uh, talking with a group of about 10 people about uh, mobile learning. And it, we had a very, very interesting conversation on that because it's here. Mobile learning is here. We can use our phones in anywhere and everywhere to connect. We can use iPads anywhere and everywhere to connect. Uh, we don't just learn anymore while sitting in front of a teacher from 8 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon we can learn all day long from the time we get up to the time we go to bed. So mobile learning, I think, is a really important piece of this puzzle to understand. And so I was excited to have this conversation and be a part of this, um, be a part of, of that specific team and, and talk about the future of that. So there you go. Day two at ISTE. Day three is tomorrow. It wraps up. It's about a half a day long or so. I think it'll be done around three o'clock, uh, maybe four at the latest. So I'm excited to to wrap up this conference. It's, it's really a good conference. I will be sad to leave, excited to go home, you know, kind of a little bit of everything. And uh, I don't know if I'll get another, be able to get another podcast out tomorrow night because of travel. I'll try and get one out hopefully this weekend. I don't know if that'll happen either. We'll see. But um, the ISTE conference is great. And, and if there's a way that you can get people from your school or district down here next year and next year it'll be in Chicago it really is well well worth the effort uh, just with the ideas that you can take back it has to be shared you cannot keep it to yourself um, but the, the conference itself is well done and their website is full of, of great things a lot of things are free uh, there are some things behind a paywall um, but once you go to the history conference you're a member for a year or so you get uh, basically an all-access thing unless you're purchasing some sort of copyrighted written material uh, by a separate author. So there you go, two days worth of ISTE stuff. Uh, I've given you lots of things to chew over. I've given you lots of links uh, on the blog, and the blog is attached in the show notes. So thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the drive. I can't wait to get on the road again.